This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with a great guest. He is a returning guest. He is an actor, a podcaster, a comedian, and many more things. It's Hal Lublin. Hello. Hello, Hal. Thanks for having me back. I'm happy you're here. I don't know why I felt so formal all of a sudden. I was like, yes, hello. Hello, Mr. Scrimshaw. Hello, Mr. Scrimshaw. Thank you for having me. If I may read a proclamation from the queen. Please, please. <laughs> Very proper. Clearing your throat. <laughs> I love that that is proper. We'll... An old British man with some sort of like esophageal issues. Yeah. That's proper. Nothing says class like mucus. <laughs> <Absolutely> Uh, so, how, how do you feel about the nouns? I, I picked actor, podcaster, comedian, and more. I like it. And who knows what the more is? Right. I don't know. That's like my journey now is to discover what the more is. What the, yeah, let's see if we can find your more. I'm a ping pong player. I'm oh. good at ping pong. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I am. I didn't know that. I'm pretty good, yeah. Are you like a shark? Do you, no, do you I don't reel I don't, people in. I don't reel people in, but I but I'm I'm competitive in a game of ping pong. I can be. I can see you like playing a, it up though. Like, does yeah. anybody want to play a game of pong ping? Yeah. Is that what it's what called? Is, I don't do know. We, do we bet on games? I don't even know how. Do, do what side do I hold? The fat side or the skinny side? I don't know. And suddenly you're just flush with cash. Yeah. After hmm. ripping them off. Oh, I lost like I thought I would. I guess we could play double or nothing. <laughs> see, you know the racket. It, yeah, you know the racket. You get it, yeah, <laughs> and we call it a battle. We call oh, it a fair battle. Enough, yeah. Fair enough, but yes. <laughs> uh, I'm so happy that that you're here. You've been on the podcast uh, a couple of times. But I reached out to a bunch of guests that I've had on before that I really enjoyed talking to to talk to me about something spooky. Uh, so I want to just start by talking to you about the nature of spooky things. <laughs> sure, let's do it. Uh, how do you feel about Halloween in general? Are you a big Halloween person? Are you excited when it rolls around? I'm I I'm so glad I'm here. I'm not as big of a Halloween person as most. Like it, it does it's not my season. Yeah. What gets exciting to me is on November first. And and if I am up at the stroke of midnight, I'll start then. I start playing Christmas music. That's that's my gateway. Because like many Jews, I love Christmas. Okay. I love the lights. I love the, the whole winteriness of it all. Great music. We wrote a lot of it. Yeah. Uh yeah, yes. But but Halloween I do like as a kid it was definitely there were things I wanted to dress up as yeah and as I got older I got lazier I've never been even as a performer I'm not like huge into costumes yeah like what costumes am I going to wear for this I don't have I've never had the huge costume closet that a lot of actors have yeah but I love candy and I'm obsessed <laughs> with the candy of it all uh, and I you know I I like that it's a season that a lot of people celebrate and enjoy yeah. So it sounds like you really embraced the fun side of Halloween of I will dress up as yeah. something I like and then adults will give me candy. Yes. What is wrong with this? this exactly. Is, this is amazing. The best. And when I was a kid, I lived in northeast Philadelphia and you really stayed on your block. So you would just like ping pong around to exactly <laughs> can't help it. It's in my blood to like six to ten houses and still fill a bucket. OK. And. It was just that that was like a great sort of communal night for the neighborhood. That and Fourth of July were that was those were times where that that portion of the block at least came together and celebrated. Yeah. So those are the those are my best memories of Halloween is is those first like seven or eight years of my life is trick or treating in that small little version of a neighborhood. Yeah. And just cleaning up with the candy. 
Yeah. And then and then as you get older, when we moved out to the suburbs, all of a sudden we had blocks and blocks to cover. And you had that. It was like a game of Paperboy where you had to figure <laughs> out which houses were active. Oh, like, yeah. All right, their lights on, but I don't see any spider webs. They probably don't want anyone to come knock on their door. Or they the candy's no candy. kind of bullshit if or, they're not that into it. Yeah. They're like, oh, I got some pennies and a postage stamp. <laughs> uh, sorry, I wasn't expecting anybody. So, yeah, there. I, I do. I, I like that part of the celebration, but I'm not as into the macabre. I don't like being frightened. Okay. So I, I, I'm scared of Halloween Horror Nights. I know they can't touch you, but I can still have a heart attack without being touched if and, somebody jumps out. And I hear sometimes, even though they're not supposed to, that they that it's possible that they touch you. They touch you like by mistake. Like they go like that, and then you get touched. Yeah, or like you know you punch them and they touch your fist with their face. <laughs> oh, that's true. That is a touch. <laughs> that is technically a touch. I wish that bit, yeah. was my reaction when somebody's scared. Sometimes it is. It is that you have like a kick or a punch yeah. or a throw. <laughs> yeah. I did that to my father once. He was on the treadmill. And he has... <laughs> and he scared you? Well, when the when the Philadelphia Eagles were constructing their new stadium, they sent all the season ticket holders uh, helmets. And I think they also sent at the same time foam heads. Okay. Where you have the eagle on top of your oh, head. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm seeing where the fright Like an eagle's head in. on top of your head. So as he's doing it, I sneak up around the side of him, and then I went, ka! And he <laughs> stiff-armed me. That was his, like, hand out, get, get away danger. Okay. It was just I heard a loud noise, and the arm's going out. Yeah. For protection. But it was also good to know that he had, like, a fight, the fight or flight. He was a fighter. He's a Yeah, wow. Okay. And I think you, I'm a flighter. You, you think you're a flighter? Yeah, I think I, I, think I fly away. <laughs> like, I might, like, straight arm, but... The arm would be where my body is, and my body would slide back. It would look like a, like the four tops. It would look like a dance move. <laughs> I, now I really want to go to Halloween Horror Nights with you. Okay. And just see if we can do that dance move together, where we just agree ahead of time. We're both going to shoot our arms out and back away. And slide and back. Go, yeah. Okay. I'll do it. I'll do it, do it for it. that. My heart's healthy enough right now. I think I can take it. I don't know if I can. Uh, I, <laughs> do you not I'm like with, being scared? Uh, I don't. Uh, I've talked about it uh, with on the last couple episodes, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it, I, my fight or flight gets triggered, and I think like the fear of being touched or having somebody think that they can have that level of control over me. Yeah, like that that really bothers me. I can see that. Uh, and uh, I like being scared in the safety of my own home, but when you add other living human beings, even if it is just like uh, somebody taking a level two UCB improv class with some zombie makeup on, <laughs> like I know it, I know it's not frightening, but as soon as it's a real another human being, yeah, you know, I think there's a little bit of element to that because they're wild cards. Yeah. Every every person that's not you is a wild card because you have no idea. I, I mean, the control thing for sure, and part of that is I don't know what you're going to do. Right, I like, have no idea. I know you've been told that you're not supposed to touch people. I know you will get in trouble if you do. Yes. But those are concepts. Those mm-hmm. are rules. There's nothing to physically stop you from just grabbing me by the throat. Yeah. How, who's to say you're not a sociopath that just interviewed well? Yes. <laughs> Wouldn't a sociopath? Isn't that like the perfect job? Like, right, you come in, you're like, oh, this is how a person behaves in an interview. I'm going to do this. And then you get the job. Yeah. And then you you go, I've decided I'm going to touch people. Yeah. I've just decided. I have no sense of boundaries. I'm yeah. just going to boom. That's such a powerful sentence for so many different things in life of who's to say you're not a sociopath who's, who's to say- interviews well. Yeah. 
<laughs> so good. Uh, yeah, he, uh, a, I th- maybe some of it goes to, I did a show, a comedy variety show, on actual Halloween night back in Minneapolis mm-hmm. uh, at this place called uh, Bryant Lake Bowl, which was a combination uh, theater and restaurant and bar and bowling alley. I love it. And uh, basically... What happened is this guy was probably on something, but he had like a scream mask and he was kicked out of the restaurant. He was trying to go to our show, but he was clearly not right. So they kicked him out of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And now the theater was set up. So it had a door that opened to the street that was supposed to be an emergency exit, but it was right on stage. I see. So we would use it all the time because it had this great shocking effect because you feel like you're in a theater from the audience's perspective and then the door cracks open. So we were doing a sketch. Uh, where my brother and I were being chased in a circle by monsters. We kicked the door open to the street, and the guy had just been kicked out of one door. This other door opens, so he just walks in and sees that a bunch of people are running in a circle screaming, so he joins us. (laughs) And from the audience's perspective, he's like, is that a joke, or did a random guy with a scream mask just come in off the street on actual Halloween night? (laughs) And it was one of those moments where, like, I, it, one of the most frightening moments of my life was like, oh, if I was going to die in an absurd, like, beginning of a horror movie way, it would absolutely be this. Yeah, that is a, that is the way to go. You can <laughs> you can almost see the the article about it, right? Which is not a long article, no. Which is weird because it should be a longer article, <laughs> given given the circumstances. But you know what they say: when God closes a door, he opens another door. That's right, and that's what happened to the scream guy. <laughs> Ghostface just saw an opportunity. Yes. Oh my people, they're running and screaming. Yeah, this is what we do. Yeah, yeah. we love yeah. it. Anyway, uh, that was a bit of a tangent, but. Uh, I did want to ask you, since you brought up Halloween joy, did you have a, a favorite costume that you did dress up as as a kid? Probably Superman, because I was Aww. a big Superman fan. I, there's a picture of me, which I'll send to you if you want to use it for this. Oh, yeah. In the Superman, uh, in the Superman costume, which was plastic. We didn't have a ton of money. It was just whatever you could get at the drugstore. And, like, the the kind, the the emblem, the, the Superman emblem, looks sort of like the version from the 50s, but also... Uh, not licensed at all. <laughs> okay, so it was and just an S. And I'm holding up a plastic shopping cart over my head Aww, to display my super strength. That's awesome. That was a that was a good one. That's the that's the one I remember the most. And then I, I can't remember what I wore this year, but in 1984, the uh, the fall of second grade for me, some kid, his dad, made him a Ghostbusters uniform and built the proton pack. Oh my god! And it it lit up. And it looked to to my eyes like the actual thing. Like the toys that came out later, the blue proton pack with the neutrino wand, did not look anywhere near. (laughs) This looked like a movie prop that had been given to him. And and we had an assembly where they had a ghost come along a wire. Oh, wow. And when it happened, he pulled out the neutrino (laughs) wand and fired at it. And I think it made noise. And I, I still remember... Maybe I should talk about this in therapy. I still remember the jealousy. Like, oh, I wish I had that outfit because everybody wanted to be a Ghostbuster, right? That year, yeah. And do you remember? You don't remember what you were that year? It was not a Ghostbuster. Okay, That's you all were just I like a sad carpenter or something like that. I might have been Hulk Hogan, which is even worse <laughs> now. Just another big tan racist who knew at the time he was a huge star. I know I did yeah. one year, and then. <laughs> My mother dressed up as of another year in, like, the fifth grade. Oh, my God. She had come in and dressed up. Is no, Hulk Hogan? Third grade, I was Hulk Hogan because I had two casts. I on I had broken both my wrists at the same time. So I had casts on, and I was dressed as Hulk Hogan with two casts. 
how long is the story of of breaking your wrist? Because we should get to the main topic. But I was on a monk. I was on uh, monkey bars, jungle gym. That had this sort of apparatus on the side where you could jump from one side to the other and yeah. swing beyond the hand over hand on the on the actual profile of it. Yeah. So I jumped to try and hold on to it because we would hold on to it and swing and then drop down and my hand slipped. And when I fell, I put my arms out behind oh, me. Oh, no. So instead of my tailbone breaking, both my wrists broke. Oh, wow. But and obviously you healed because I've seen you gesticulate a lot and well. Yes, I'm very good with the wrist now. <laughs> I mean, you need them for ping pong. <laughs> Interesting side note to that, and then I then I swear we'll get into this. The when you when you break your wrists, at least the first time you show up with casts, everybody wants to be the helper. Yeah. And Joey Lawrence, who went to my school and was a year ahead of me, carried my lunch tray for me. Really? Yes. When that's true. People who know who Joey Lawrence is, do they always respond to that story by going "Whoa"? Yeah, they do. Of course, it's the only reaction you can have. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Somebody, uh, when he graduated high school, I swear we're almost done. This is all the time we have. I was sitting, uh, I was sitting next to a guy, and when he went up and gave a speech, and that when a class graduates, the junior class comes and does like a flower, like they use flowers to to on a pegboard to to make like a nine four, like to okay. honor the, the class. So when he when he walked up to give his speech before he started, the guy next to me went "whoa" really loud, and then a teacher yelled at me for it. Really, he said stop that. Okay, because at that point they knew that Joey Lawrence was going to get woed. I don't think anybody thought it was going to happen, but they were not happy that They're it did. Not, I'm mm. sure it crossed their their minds of yeah, possibility. I'm sure they were on woe watch happen. for yeah, sure to make there was, sure, and they caught it. <laughs> they caught it. Wrong person. I'm innocent. <laughs> I'm Dr. Richard Kimball. Man, you've you've worked through a lot today. I've had a life. Yeah, you've had a life. Uh, well, let's uh, let's try talking about your the main topic, okay. and then see if we want to keep talking about that, or we can just talk about more Halloween shit. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so when I asked you if you had any sort of spooky or horror things that you wanted to talk about, you told me the movie Freddy versus Jason. Yes. So uh, I just watched it this afternoon for the first time. Yeah. But for someone who has never seen it, uh, can you describe it a little bit? It is, to me, this is why I love this movie. And and as somebody who's not a huge fan of horror, I, I, I liked Freddy Krueger movies for, for a while when I was younger. I watched Friday the 13th probably about 15 years ago, like really sort of let's watch the first one and appreciate it for what it is and sort of the genre it helped usher in. Yeah. And uh, more than any other film, this one fulfills the promise of its title so well. I, I remember going to see Alien versus Predator in the theater, having read the comic, which I thought was good. Yeah. It's a good concept. And you get an you get an Alien versus a Predator for maybe 30 to 90 seconds of that movie. Really? It's that much of a ripoff? It, yeah. It's, it's not super faithful to the comic, <laughs> which really is like it. It's. A, a way better reason why they would be in the same place okay. and why the humans are caught in the middle. I assume you've read it. I have not. The concept is the the predator, their coming of age, is to take a xenomorph and set it loose on a planet and then have younger predators hunt it down. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. And then humans get in the middle of it. Yeah. So Like the, they stumble on it like idiots, like we always do. Yeah, so they're in the middle of this battle that's happening. And it's not quite the same in the movie. The movie's terrible. But this this film is Freddy versus Jason. The 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 loose idea is that the children of Elm Street no longer remember who Freddy is, so he has no power over them anymore because he he haunts people in their dreams. But if they don't know who he is, then he he has no power. So he summons Jason from from Jason's eternal slumber to go kill on Elm Street 
on his behalf so that, that we'll start the rumors again, which they do. And as just as Freddy has enough power to finally kill someone, Jason kills them first. <laughs> and he goes, he realizes, oh, I've got to stop this guy. He's taking my children. And then the last, I want to say third to half of the movie is Freddy versus Jason first in the dream world. And then at Camp Crystal Lake. And for me, it was it was everything I wanted out of the film when I went to see it. Okay. It's it's not the highest art in the world. I do think, uh, and I, I don't say this just because he's a Fred, but I think Jason Ritter is really good in it. Okay. Because he's actually, sin- like, he's sincere and, like, really, he's, he's a very talented actor. He's the main He's the dude, male, yeah, Will, he's the right? male, he's Will. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, and it has, like, sort of, it has a little bit of, of everything. It really kind of works off of the mythology of both both characters and somehow creates not a realistic but a uh a logical reason for them to to be in the same place and then the reason why they like it all feels quote unquote organic as organic as it can and and watching it back i hadn't seen it for a while okay i forgot how violent it is yeah there's some violence it's super super violent <laughs> and it like it, it's it should be it's, it's Freddy versus it's two horrible monster horror creatures. Yes, fighting. It's Freddy versus Jason, and and I mean that in the best way possible. And I think it, I I think it did reasonably well. Yeah, it wasn't a gigantic hit, but it wasn't a failure. And I think it's, I just I, I love the extent to which they explore that premise and pay it off. Yeah. And that that's it's a very satisfying experience, which is which is what I enjoy about it. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I just watched it today. Yeah. It is the film is an hour and thirty seven minutes long, mm-hmm. and they first uh, begin to have conflict at the hour mark. So it's thirty seven minutes. Okay. I, like it's the last third of the movie. It, the last third of the movie. It is like the total third act. Like let's yeah. Let, all right. Let's let's start throwing down uh, uh, in various ways. Um, yeah. And I I. Um, it's interesting to me that in order to make them be together in any way, it seemed like they had to delve into their origins and mythology just a little bit. And I think a lot of these slasher films will start off with the mythology and then kind of throw it away. And to me, that's the part that's interesting to me because that's the part that actually gets into, well, why did these char- these specific characters or ideas take hold and what it, what fears do they represent and how do we combat those fears and all that yeah. and kind of, and how, what does it reflect about society? So having that stuff a little bit more on the surface gives you a little bit more to work with. If you're not super into seeing naked teenagers die. Sure. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so what, what you talked a little bit about liking um, nightmare on Elm street, but um, I know you've talked about just casually uh, around Halloween time when we've been doing shows together, you've mentioned different opinions about which one is better in terms of, uh, you know, Friday the 13th. So it seems to me like you know these franchises. A little bit. I'm not super steeped in them, but I know enough. Enough to be a little bit dangerous, I would okay. say. <laughs> what is your general uh, opinion on the franchises? Do you have a preference between Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th? Well, they both... I, the original... The originals are both very good. I I think that the first Friday the 13th is just... Like the perfect low budget slasher movie, right? Which is what I like about it. The the Nightmare on Elm Street is also good and very creative, 
it takes a couple movies. I'd say by the third one, you really get into him becoming more cartoony. And by four, five, six, he's full blown. He's like he's like a murderous Bugs Bunny, <laughs> in that it can't just be I'm gonna prey on your. I'm just I'm not gonna do just scary stuff. It's gonna be specific to you, in a in an even scarier way, but also oddly comedic. Uh, so I think it sort of lost its footing in that way. Yeah. But also, it didn't get there is sort of a happy medium to it that it maybe maybe uh, Nightmare on Elm Street three is kind of the. Maybe the tipping point for me, the Dream Warriors. Okay. Which is not just a great Dawkins song. <laughs> but, you know, there's a kid who likes, uh, he turns one kid into a marionette with his veins. You see clips of that yeah. in Freddy vs. Jason. There's one, I think it's Yardley Smith, who constantly watches TV. Good guy. So she's she's staring at the TV and he, his head pops out and he grabs her and shoves her head through the TV to kill her. Okay. Like a little bit more specific yeah, like trying to like dreams actually do like attack yeah. you the way you are attacked by your own dreams of your anxieties and that. Yeah, okay. And it's also the one where the uh, Heather Lang 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 Langenkamp. Oh, I can't remember her name. <laughs> Pardon me, Heather uh, from the original movie comes back to counsel them, and okay. the kids figure out how to become. They become dream warriors. They use the things that they would want the most to try to fight him. Okay, and he still kills most of them. Yeah. Um. I thought, thought, thought that was a good concept, and that character felt like it evolved more. Jason, to me, as I saw him over time, didn't evolve as much. Of course, he's not the killer in the original film. Yeah. It's his mom. But you get enough of his motivation that when he is the killer later on, that he I think he's a more compelling character. Okay. And more uh, – um, oh, my gosh. I can't think of the word. You feel a little bit more pity for him. Yeah. More compassion towards – Towards why Jason's a monster than Freddy Krueger, who is a serial killer who killed children and then was killed by the neighborhood parents. Yeah, and is just kind of a jerk about it. Yeah, he's a <laughs> terrible person beforehand and then became a, an even more terrible person in uh, in his death and in hell, whatever version of hell he lives in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, do you find one or the other scarier? Like to yourself, like because they do represent yeah. different things. Like Jason is a little bit more, uh, you know... A little bit more of he's he's uh, he was bullied, yeah, right. And he's been in in this mythology. He's been sort of almost mindlessly sent on this mission by his mother, and you know, so you you can feel a little pity for him, yeah. Uh, and then Freddy is a symbol of just like you know, just awfulness that you can't escape. In fact, if you try to rest, it will only get worse, right? Yes. So, which of those is scarier to you? I think Freddy is scarier. Just because you you could somehow get away from Jason, right? Right. If you found a car with gas in it, you could drive away. He doesn't move very quickly. He has a hard time with obstacles, really. So, yeah. like, if you go to like a you know a, a mini golf course or whatever, that would probably stymie Jason. <laughs> you'd just you'd just be watching the windmill, and then <laughs> be, be, yeah, that could stop him. Yeah, like IKEA. You, you can stop Jason by going to IKEA, right? Yeah. He's never going to find his way through there. And he also is afraid of water. He won't yeah. go. Oh, At right. least in the mythology of this film, yeah. water is the barrier that will stop him from doing things. Yeah. Freddy, you have to stay awake. Yes. If you fall asleep, he will kill you. Yeah. So you're going to go insane eventually. Yeah. Even if you aren't killed by him. So the thing that you need to live and have and and have your wits about you to even deal with somebody like that is the is the very method by which you'll die. Okay. I think that is I used to have nightmares about him. For sure. Oh really? For sure. As a kid, yeah. 
How old were you when you saw the original Nightmare on Elm Street? Uh, I probably didn't see one of them until I was like 11 or 12. Okay. Like around Dream Warriors came out in 87, I think. Okay. And that was, that might have been the first one I saw and then I went back. But that original one is, ter- it's terrifying. And the very end, the, both of those films, both of the original have a terrifying ending. The Nightmare on Elm Street ending with the mother getting pulled through the window of the of the, yeah. the front door. But the the end of Friday the 13th, which I watched recently just to sort of see it again, you even when you know what's going to happen, you your adrenaline starts going because you're anticipating it. And you never get the timing right in your head. You could go, <laughs> it's going to be 10 seconds, and then the kid pops out of the water and pulls her in. But you're wrong. It's 11 seconds or yeah. it's nine seconds. <laughs> and so you never get that release. It just gets, oh, you get, you get a start every time you see it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I watched Friday the 13th for the first time last year because I did an episode of Obsessed about the whole franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that ending was like the most effective part to me because it really had that feeling of you've been through a trauma and now you're at a in a peaceful place. You're at a place of catharsis. Catharsis. Yeah. I'm like, nope. <laughs> you're in trouble. One last scare. They got one last scare. <laughs> yeah, one last scare. Very emotionally effective. So you haven't been like a big fan of either Freddy or Jason. So you didn't come to this movie going... I am rooting for one or the other. No, I think I probably went into it a little bit more on Freddy's side, just as a character, uh, just like how comedic he was. I think I may have dressed as him one year. Oh, really? I think I had the glove. I had like a plastic version of the glove. That I remember. (laughs) I'm Um, glad it was plastic. Yeah, yeah, I I got that kid's dad to just put some (laughs) knives on the end of a glove for me. It was real. I tried to swipe at a ghost that was flying across the auditorium. (laughs) Accidentally Uh, cut Joey Lawrence. Yeah. That's that's why his hair's so short. I cut it all off with that glove. Sorry, everybody. Uh, yeah, I think I came into it probably a little more on Freddy's side just because I had seen more of his films more recently. I might have gone back after that to start to go into uh, Friday. Go, I should watch Friday the 13th. I've never seen it before. I okay. know who Jason is. I've seen like maybe little clips of films, but that... That's another sort of endorsement of that movie is it made me go back to either revisit or watch for the first oh, time wow. some okay. of those movies. So did you go to see Freddy vs. Jason in the theater? I did. What was that theatrical experience like? Was the audience super into it? Yeah, I think there there are a lot of sort of applause moments. If you know them, uh, it, there are a lot of applause moments. There yeah. are big moments in the film. There are some... Kind of the the idea that J- that Jason is taking Freddy's kills is kind of funny, and they do a good job with the teenagers in that you're really not super attached to any of them. You know that they're all going to be killed, yeah, for the most part, except for uh, except for the two leads. You, the, the idea of like oh, they're probably going to make it out, but everybody else, they don't really attach you to them. You you know enough to know who they are and that they're important to the story, but they're all going to die. Yeah, it was a weird experience for me sitting here watching it. In my home alone Mm -hmm. uh, in the year 2019, where like, (laughs) I know you are trying to make me hate these assholes, particularly at the beginning. Yeah. I know you're really trying to make me hate them, Mm -hmm. but it was so effective of like, Freddie or Jason, please kill them right now. Or I will (laughs) jump through the screen like very effectively. (laughs) Like, I know that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. Uh, But so so you feel like people were really uh, in the theater primed to laugh and sort of 
were they rooting for Freddy and Jason to kill in the beginning? I'm sure people were. I don't know if they were rooting the kills as much as they were rooting maybe one or the other to win a fight between them. Yeah. And I think it's so well constructed. It's different from every horror film in that the villain, they're, they're the heroes of these of this movie. Or they're yeah. at least the center of it. Right. They're the main characters. As opposed to a group of children who you're supposed to get attached to so you care when they die. Right. So it's – and it doesn't feel like a huge leap. It feels like the camera's just like at a slightly different angle. And it's very effective. It's very effective from that vantage point. So I think that the, the moments that, that were made to get some sort of reaction got them. Okay. Laughing and screaming. Laughing, and, and screaming, clapping. Yeah. The Freddy wink at the end. <laughs> it was really like, hey, you're all in on this. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting because so many slasher movies, particularly ones that just get to be, oh, it's the third, it's the fourth one, whatever. The villain's motivation is, eh, I'm going to kill some people. Yeah. Uh, my motivation was in the first movie. You got to see that or the second or the third or whatever. Right. It, this was interesting. That it kind of had to position them where they had a little bit more uh, complex motivations of why they're actually doing things, which does elicit uh, sympathy. It makes you think about, you know, it, it puts them into the protagonist role. Yeah. Yeah. The idea that Jason is a neglected child, which was always the story of yeah. him. And I guess the rumor that his mother had perpetrated initially in that first film because she was damaged from his death. Yeah. So even her motivation carrying over to him, it, it makes sense. And it, it does paint him in a sympathetic light. Yeah. And and they really – I don't remember in any of the other films getting to see Freddy's backstory like you did there. You know that he's a serial killer. Yeah. But getting to see that sort of played out. They're they're very clear. Like this is the this is the villain of the villains, and this is the hero of the villains. Yes, but you can root for either one. It's fine because we still have Freddy pretending to be uh, a a Alice in Wonderland caterpillar <laughs> for the for the Jason Mewes ripoff. Uh, you know. Yes, there there was a part where he was. Uh, I only thought of him as the bong bug, right? Because he he yes. brought out a bong, right? Yes, he sure did. Or a hookah or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a hell of a thing. Um, did you feel, since you were there for Freddy versus Jason, you didn't want any of this alien versus predator bullshit. Yes. Do you feel like they were treated fairly in terms of the balance of their powers? Because these, these kind of big genre so-and-so versus so-and-so, that's always the trick, right? To balance it so the fans of both feel validated. Yes. I think so. So the idea of both of them, they're both they're each unstoppable monsters in slightly different ways. Yes. So the Dream World sequence, Freddy is completely invincible. Yeah. You know, he tears Freddy's arms off, they just grow right back. Yeah. Uh, he can do more damage to Jason there, but Jason also can't be killed. So I think I do think they each get their opportunity to inflict real damage and pain, whether it's physical or psychological on one another. Yeah. But you have to it becomes very clear at that point. Once he once he brings Jason into his world, especially when he turns him back into a child, like when he sort of digs into, here are the things that you're afraid of that oh, I'm going yeah. to exploit, that he's the villain. They have to bring him. They that, Then all of a sudden, Jason, instead of becoming the, uh, they, they do want to get out of his way, but we need to have, we need to give him a fair fight. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that's one of the good things about the movie is it does give them both a moment. And even in. Even with him being able to feel pain, he still can't be stopped. Yeah. Like what happens if you kill him, really? 
Yeah. He's just going to go back where he came from. <laughs> that was the thought I had watching it this time that I guess I'd never thought of before is really neither of them. J- Jason can never die. They established that immediately. He, if he gets beat up enough, it seems he gets sleepy for a little while. Yeah. Or, well, or just don't go to Camp Crystal Lake, which yeah, he, <laughs> easy solution for everyone. That exactly. No one takes. They'll wake up and go there. Yeah. Don't some some land can just be undeveloped. <laughs> yes. It's OK. You don't have to put an Arby's in there. It can't be that pressing for God's sakes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Freddy the same. He's already been dead. This is, when he dies, he just goes back to the dream world. Right. He just needs to be forgotten. Yeah. 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 It was really, it was fascinating to see something that does have like real deep, like murky, why are we afraid of this that you can dig into? But then also, mm-hmm. you know, some things are scary because we don't know we can never understand, you know, we can never kill. But this was such a thing where the teens were pretty quickly like, wait a minute, I know how this works. I can pull... <laughs> Freddy into the real world. Yep. And then Jason, because he can't die, will beat the like they get the rules to the point where at the end when they're they're in the real world and they're physically fighting, it was like I feel like I'm watching a mix of pro wrestling and Mortal Kombat. Because it's just like <laughs> yes. spurting blood and really known rules that you can exploit and it feels a little bit like all right, that that move wasn't really to hurt Jason, was it, Freddie? That was just for show. That was just to make the audience go, oh. But then that other move, that's a real killing move. Like, Yeah, you're telling a visual story. You need a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. And there, look, I can't defend it as the greatest screenplay because there are moments where how would a character know that Freddie is gaining? He must not be powerful enough yet. How would you know that? How would you know he's not powerful enough yet? I didn't know that's like the one kid who knows what's going on, the one who gets burned alive. Yeah. The one, yeah, the one poor, yeah, really, really hurting mentally uh, kid. Yeah, yeah. I also will not defend the moment where he's in the in the hospital and distracts the guards by farting on the glass because <laughs> he rubs his butt on the glass and doesn't actually fart, but they put in like the, <laughs> but like the, like yeah. they put what in there. Yeah, this is my relationship. I think with both these franchises is sometimes they get into these moments of for me like, mm. ooh, that's a really interesting idea or compelling shot and then they often take it away by just a really really sophomoric gross joke uh, with yeah. farting or bodily functions or there's definitely some things in here that i'm like oh man i'm not okay with that in terms of like uh sexuality and, and stuff like for that sure. which we don't need to dwell on i'll throw that out there that that's definitely a a, a stumbling block for me enjoying yeah. Some of these kind of slashers. You have to hold it in its context. Right. That, which doesn't mean forgive, but also doesn't mean forget. Yeah. So to sort of watch it and go, all right, this is, I mean, it somewhat similar to you can enjoy the work of Buster Keaton, but also recognize he did blackface in a, in a number of his movies. Yeah. That doesn't make him any less brilliant a comedian. Right. And it doesn't, obviously... That would not be made today. Right. And it wasn't even okay then. <laughs> it's just realizing that it exists in, in context. It's hard to take something that was made in uh, 1919 and hold it up to 2019 standards. Right, Most right. things will fall down. But you have to realize the context that it is. Even Friends. Rewatching Friends. Oh, my God, yeah. The most homophobic show. Oh, yes. Maybe ever. Also, a brilliant comedy. I laugh at 90% of it. But I'm I'm aware of the context. You could not make that show today, and here is why. Yeah. And with that in mind, 
I'm not enjoying that that portion of it. However, I still appreciate it and love the show. Right, right, right. No, and I, I was I was speaking yeah. uh, not in any sort of judgment for you. Oh, for sure. You, en- you enjoy uh, Freddy versus Jason. I think for me, it's more just that whiplash of like, okay, I can I can really sink my teeth into this part I like, and mm-hmm. then just being whiplashed into this was being aggressively made to be sold to teenagers in exactly 2003. Yes, and this is what the people making it thought would be good for that demographic at that time but there are moments where like that is impossible to ignore (laughs) yeah it's odd to think to watch it and go oh this was only 16 years ago yeah but also great that that 16 years later that we've started to get a handle on this isn't okay i bet there's a better way to do this yeah yeah exactly so it's freddie versus jason it's the thing that comes to your mind you host a podcast Mm -hmm. that is Thing versus thing, basically, right? I mean, yeah. it, it's, you know, uh, we got this, right? When you, you decide the best of things. Yeah. What do you think it is in you as a person that you gravitate toward that idea of let's take some big marquee things and smash them together and see who who comes out on top or what comes out on top? Oh, that's a really good question. <laughs> I've never been asked that before. Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, I I think part of it is is I appreciate the comedy of coming out and and taking something that is completely subjective and treating it objectively. Yeah. But also, I love. I mean, how many tangents have we taken? Because <laughs> I thought of something, and and it all springs to in my mind. It's all tied to Freddie versus Jason. Yeah. Because we're we're in the same arena, and I love I love having these conversations. I I'm I'm just a fan of it. So getting to do it in podcast form, it's like, well, how many of these are there? Yeah. And you just don't realize how strong your feelings are about something until you get into it. And Mark and I have been through that a bunch of times where one of us will pick a topic, the other will go, "That's not a full episode." And then ten minutes in, <laughs> we realize that we've got strong feelings about yeah. it, and it. You know, those are conversations we all have all the time. So I, I love the relatability of it, too. I'll have that yeah. conversation with anyone and, like, seek it out. I want to know other people's opinions and sort of dig into why they why they feel certain ways about it. What things do we have in common? Yeah. Where are we, uh, where are we apart from one another? And what can I learn uh, either about my point of view or just better understanding yours through talking about it? Yeah. That fascinates me. And this topic in particular – I've wanted to to do Freddie Freddie or Jason since we started. Really? But with Jason Ritter. Oh, wow. And it's just a matter of when the three of us can get together to record it. it Freddie versus it Jason is, with Jason Ritter. Yes. Nice. With the one guy who's worked with both of them <laughs> and <laughs> saw them fight. Yeah, and yeah, orchestrated their battle. He orchestrated, uh, yeah, he was one of the architects of their demises. <laughs> uh, that's really uh, that's really cool. I think it is that makes sense to me. Because I know you to be a friendly, gregarious person. And because I do podcasts, uh, I think a lot about the nature of conversations. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes think it is, like, not on podcasts, normal, actual human conversations. You can talk about yourself. Mm-hmm. You can ask about the other person. Or you can find a third topic outside of yourselves to discuss. Um, and... Talking about big marquee things 
that like everybody has heard of and everybody probably has an opinion on. Maybe not Freddy versus Jason, but certainly any movie or horror fan. Yeah. But if you ask somebody their favorite candy bar, everybody is going to have an opinion. Or even if they're like, I have never had a candy bar, that's going to be a fascinating conversation. Yep. And without just having it be person A talks about themselves for a while. Now person B talks about themselves for a while. You start learning things about each other because you're talking about this these big topics that are relatable to everybody. Yeah. I, my conversation pattern, I think is I, I will ask you about yourself because I don't want to talk about myself. <laughs> this is like a weird, this is hard for me when you ask me stuff about myself yeah. to talk about just because I'm not comfortable. I'm like, well, nobody cares. Right. I think but a I'm, lot of us have that instinct. I'm very interested in you. <laughs> o- always have been since the first time we met. So I love talking to you about stuff, and then I'll hear something we have in common, and then that's a branch. Like, oh, you mentioned Star Wars. I love Star Wars, too. What do you think about, uh, you know, whatever the latest film was yeah. or whatever the latest news is? And that that could lead us anywhere. Um, and I had another point that I completely, <laughs> completely uh, slipped my mind. But, yeah, that I like that pattern. I am interested in in what other people sort of have to say. Were you going to say more was, about feeling uh... – no, not not wanting to talk about yourself as much. It wasn't. It wasn't that. That just made me think of. I I, I was thinking about it. Just, even like uh, just today driving, thinking, geez, when I have a conversation with somebody, I would much rather ask them about themselves. Yeah, and just keep asking. Like the conversation can be all about you, and if that's something you enjoy, then great. Just because I feel like I either don't have stuff going on. Or if I do, that I'm bragging if I talk about it. Right. And I don't feel that way about anybody else. If somebody says something good that's going on, I'm like, great. I want to hear all about it. Yeah. I never think, oh, great, this jackass <laughs> told me about their successes. <laughs> so that's an odd sort of psychological thing to uh, to dig into. But th- yeah. that might be another reason why I enjoy that that is a podcast mechanism that we got this thing. Yeah. Number one, it's something Mark and I would do anyway, but it's also, it's all about a, a, a central thing and we're going to learn things about each other and reveal stuff about ourselves through that. Right. That's going to deepen our bond and hopefully for people listening, you know, it's that thing and I'm sure you have it too, that when people, people who listen to your podcast meet you and you've never met them, they feel like they know you yes. because you're revealing stuff about yourself. It's not all presentational. I love that every podcast I go on, I like rather than that, like this is a put on and we have to do it this way. I like just the conversation of it. Yeah. That's, I'm fascinated hearing people just talk. Yeah. And you, I would imagine you learned so much that people reveal a lot when they have no intention to reveal. Not like they're trying to conceal. Right. right. But if like... If I came on and talked uh, Freddy versus Jason, and I was like, uh, "Man, I really prefer Freddy." Like, okay, that's gonna—I'm gonna start revealing lots of reasons, things about myself. Like, Freddy versus Jason can be looked at as like, hey, it's a you know a slasher movie designed equal parts for laughs and horror. It's you know, yeah. But you, why somebody might be like, "I'm all in on Freddy, and he has to win." <laughs> that starts to be revealing and maybe even scary of like <laughs> yeah i think we're all like freddy in many ways well i have to go interview for a job at a universal halloween horror nights but i'm not a sociopath no anyway. not at all i'm just like you in the feelings <laughs> just like you in the feelings <laughs> um i uh I, I wanted to ask a little bit about that plot point of freddy I mean, we'll see if we reveal things about ourselves sure uh 
the fact that the movie does begin with just direct address of, of Freddy talking to you, it does work in a horror way because he's a guy who lives inside your dream. So it almost yeah. feels like even maybe this movie could be a horrible dream you're having. But that right away, the plot is uh, a monster who killed people in real life. Adults killed me. So then I lived inside people's dreams because I fed off their fear. And then the town did an actual clever thing, buried all of the records about me and made everyone forget that I exist. So no one remembers me. Yeah. It it was both funny to me and like powerful in particular, just like, you know, uh, having relatively recently seen Coco. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, which has a much different take on the power of memory and death. <laughs> but a similar, similar idea. Of Please <laughs> remember. Versus Jason. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was funny. To, yeah. I almost heard the Coco song of the remember me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. His version of it. It's <laughs> just terrible. Remember <laughs> me, bitch. <laughs> very different films with yeah. very different agendas. But that idea of being forgotten. Mm-hmm. Did you find that relatable? Did you find that like a fearful thing? I think I have a fear of being forgotten. Even, uh, you know, when you're doing creative stuff, you go through periods where you're doing things that are high profile. So there's more attention on it. And then you have your low periods. And it's when you're in the low periods, you think, oh, well, I'm, am I past where I was? Have I peaked? Yeah. I guess it's that idea. Peaked in terms of memory and awareness. Right. Of who who I am and what I do. I I it's it is a good question. I you know, when I saw the movie and and I and that part came on, I didn't make me think of that as much. I, I almost was, was compartmentalized about it. Okay. Because I looked at it and went, that's a brilliant plot device. And also I haven't had to confront who Freddie is. Because the deeper you get, the further away you are from. He's a murderer. Like he was a serial killer who killed children. He was never a good, yeah, a never a good person at all. And yet he turned into this sort of cartoonish character, and we all forgot about kind of rogue. So yeah, I like that the film grounds him and goes, "No, here's what he did. Here's like here is footage of him. We're going to show you sort of what that was like. Yeah, and who he was before he was murdered, and that that." wasn't retribution it just made him stronger yeah so but yeah i look i certainly have a fear of being forgotten (laughs) do you do you feel that way yeah yeah absolutely i think i I think what took me by surprise is not only the uh, strange connection to coco in my mind yeah uh, (laughs) but yeah not wanting to feel any empathy for him but i think i feel so strongly that power of being forgotten and you know there's a lot of different narratives that have the the moral of we are all stories in the end Mm -hmm. that i had this like oh it's sad that people forgot what no wait (laughs) (laughs) he wants them to remember so he can slaughter people i don't know i want no sympathy for you you monster but i think that idea of being forgotten is so powerful and is so just about like basic connection to other people right yeah for sure i mean look i my wife and I don't have children, so sometimes part of that is like, hey, if we're not having kids, we're the end of the line for this branch of the family. Right. What happens in 100 years? Yeah. But then also, if I go back enough generations in my family, pretty much past my grandparents, I don't. I have no connection to those people. I know they existed. I've seen family trees. So to a certain extent, unless you are a figure of history or a figure of, of great renown – you you are forgotten to an extent, or you live on in a different way. You yeah. live on in in the people that you impact in your life. So there may be 
they, there may be bits and pieces of those generations back for both of us that are out there in the world and and we're just not aware of it and that 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 I find kind of comforting and also I like I don't want I that's something I have to struggle with personally is like I'm I'm not doing this because I want to be remembered I'm not doing it for attention those are things obviously things I either don't mind or I'm happy with yeah or else I wouldn't be doing it at all but you know, I do what I do, and I you do as well because you love it, right? And it's the only thing you can imagine yourself doing, and so it's the thing that that eats up the most mental and and emotional resource outside of your personal relationships, right? Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense to me. Um, I think it's natural. I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to. I think it is a natural human proclivity to want to go on in some way yes you know and and i think many of us want to go on in the most healthy way of like we want to have somebody remember something wonderful we made that still exists or we want to have children and, and leave them an even better world and an even better childhood when the than we had and I'll, you know i think it's a pretty healthy thing yeah um would you want to be the anti-freddy and what i mean by that is would you want to if people remembered you you would live on in children's dreams when they had good dreams <laughs> you'd be like hey there's hal he's got a joke <laughs> sure oh, oh he's uh he's dressed up as superman <laughs> that's a fun way to live on right yeah. isn't that both of us like with comedy that's what you're hoping right i, I guess so is that people will encounter it in some way oh man that is the most like uh, and it'll live on yeah yeah true it's your it's like it's an attempt everything you do that <laughs> that you want to people to remember is like an attempt at being immortal in right. some way to live like I will live forever through this book, this joke, this role. Yeah. You know, whatever. Like Christopher Reeve has been gone for many years, but he'll always be Superman to to the people who have seen him in that, that role. That in that clip that that comes back on Twitter, like I would say like at least once a year and then is viral for a couple of days where that interview where he talks about how he sees Superman as a friend. Yes. And that people don't feel like they have a friend, and that's who Superman is, is he's a friend of the entire earth like yeah that yeah absolutely he is immortal in that way yeah but specifically the idea to me of <laughs> of of living in dreams yes oh, and you would be you would be aware that like hey if they remember how lublin they'll still see me in their dreams and i'll be like fun and friendly like yeah. in, in theory there's nothing wrong with it but it sounds so creepy when i say it. it's super creepy <laughs> like hey uh, an adult male just showed up in my child's dream and gave out candy i know i know i look i've heard the one two hal has candy for you like i know the song there's nothing bad about it and yet <laughs> and yet this seems wrong yeah is there something truly wrong with it or are we just so conditioned by horror movies to be like you know there are non-evil clowns working today. I know when I tweet that joke, people are like, nope, all clowns are evil. Like, I know motherfucking clowns yeah. who are entertaining children. Also, go see uh, Puddle's Pity Party. Yeah. A, a master clown. A master who's clown. Who's a wonderful singer and means nobody any harm. No, beautiful, kind soul. Yes. Great to share a dressing room with. Gorgeous voice. <laughs> beautiful man. Yeah. I want him to live in our dreams. Yeah, please. Why can't he show up and sing for us? Uh, since you are good at uh, sort of uh, uh, getting into ideas on in pontificating on them, I wanted to ask you some strategy questions okay. for, for Freddie versus Jason fans who are listening. How would you stay awake? If you were in a real Freddie situation, how oh. would you approach that? 
Oh man, because you, you you do not drink caffeine. I don't. Yeah, because you you are you're pretty clean living. You don't drink caffeine. You don't drink alcohol. No, right? Don't okay. smoke. Don't do anything. Don't yeah. smoke. Okay. So I mean, Freddie's really a jerk to be coming after you. <laughs> this is true. I think because of that, I would have the advantage if I all of a sudden took caffeine. Oh, right. I would have to keep it going because it would affect me. You know, if I have like a, the closest I get is like a Frappuccino. Okay. Because it has to be in a milkshake form for me to drink okay. coffee. <laughs> and it's, it's an experience. Not like I'm bouncing off the walls. The stomach stuff later on is no picnic. But it definitely <laughs> has an effect on me. Things I haven't taken, like you could use those methods. But really, I that that's the one thing. It's like, how do you continually stay awake? Yeah. You would have to get a lot of sleep beforehand, which is very dangerous. <laughs> so hopefully you would get like an, an Evite from Freddy. Yeah. <laughs> so or you'd have some time to plan. Like take a nap next to somebody who's a better victim. <laughs> like I don't have to, I don't have to out sleep. I don't have to not sleep. I just have to not sleep uh, more than you. You have to stay awake longer. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'm getting real sleepy these days. So exactly. I, can, I can be your, your Freddy pawn. Uh, I haven't seen Dream Warriors, uh, mm-hmm. but but you were telling me there's the idea that you kind of you fight him. He's so about fear. It seems like you could fight him by offering him no fear, right? And one of the characters in Freddy vs. Jason even kind of tries that for a little while. Yeah, I'm not afraid of you. I'm not yeah. afraid of you. But that's of course you are afraid. He's got blades for hands that he controls this world. Yeah, he's real creepy. Yeah. yeah, Dream Warriors is more about the concept of if you are in a world where the limit is your imagination. So okay. use your imagination and the and the power. Like think about who you want to be and create power to try and defeat him. Yeah, it works for some and not for others. There's a kid who is in a wheelchair who's really into Dungeons and Dragons, so he's the nerd, and so he turns himself into a wizard. Okay. And Freddy kills him with his own wheelchair, turns it into like a torture device, and runs at it because he can stand. Yeah. In the dream world, he can. He's played by. Uh, somebody who had the ability to walk, obviously, so that he was able to stand and be a wizard. Yeah. It worked for some of them, didn't work for others, but at least it had some effect. That idea of, like, trying to take take some control and have some power yeah. was sort of introduced okay. uh, in, in, a, in a wider uh, – it's explored in a wider sense there than it, than it was – uh, in, in either of the prior movies. So how would you give yourself fantasy power? Like, would you delve... I mean, like, you're a voice actor. You do podcasts. Would you have, like, a voice? <laughs> a big, booming voice is just like, sit down, Freddy. Yeah, that's right. I would announce, Freddy, sit down! Uh, have you ever... In a world where Freddy shuts up. <laughs> I mean, look, if I can fly in my dreams, right? Just yeah. fly away. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. I'm Superman. Bye! I did have a dream one time. Uh, when my best friend would come over, would come to sleep over, sometimes we'd be in my room, which would have bunk beds. Yeah. But sometimes we'd be down in the living room where there was a big couch that folded out into like a king size, king or queen size bed. So we'd both sleep in that so we could watch TV. Okay. And I was being chased by Freddy and I was running towards the In the one, dream for real. Yeah. Like he's chasing me around and I know that there's an object that if I hit him with it, he, he's defeated. He's vanquished. The the uh, the glaive from from Kroll. <laughs> so I'm running and he's chasing and gaining on me, and I'm almost there, and he's running and gaining, 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 and then and then I grab it with two hands and I'm swinging it to hit him. Yeah, and that's when I woke up 
And I heard my best friend say, hey, can I have my pillow back? And I had his pillow in my hands. Really? Yeah. the glaive from... The glaive was there. I wish I'd thrown it and it had hit a <laughs> bunch of things and then come back into my hand. <laughs> All right. So you've already defeated Freddy in your dreams. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. We're very close. It didn't okay. make contact. But that idea of, you know, I mean, in the film, they're paralyzed by fear. Yeah. But as, as a kid, there was some point where I was like, oh, I can consciously not fully controlled dreams but i'm aware that i'm dreaming yeah so why not make it more pleasant yeah and and having like i was able to exert some level of control on things that were going on i still had nightmares yeah from time to time but in general there that would happen i don't know i i would have to like go to bed concentrating being aware that i was about to dream at some point. Yeah. And then I sort of was able to exhibit a little bit of control over what happened, which you, is great. You are a dream warrior. I'm a dream warrior. I didn't want to say too much about <laughs> it. There aren't many of us left. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, dream warrior might not help you in the next scenario because we do have Uh-oh. to talk about Jason. It's Freddy versus Jason. Okay. Uh, so you are camping at Crystal Lake for some unthinkable reason yeah i do like in freddy versus jason that there's construction that's a great just background joke of like why <laughs> Every, it just everybody seems to know like in this movie everybody just seems to know like oh yeah that's jason he comes from it's jason Voorhees. he comes from camp crystal lake he, he kills you if you go there he can't die yeah. uh there's uh they're building condos or something huh? weird okay uh you you go into camp crystal lake mm-hmm. how do you deal with jason do you try to overpower him do you try to it do you play counselor? Do you try to counsel him and talk him through his issues? Because it's not all his fault. Well, I I think you got to stay out of the dark. <laughs> you can't depend on walls because they'll just slice through them. Oh, yeah. You know, even the tree, right? Doesn't he go through the back of a tree oh, in the beginning? Yeah, yeah. I think he stabs through way? a tree all the way. Yeah. So you can never assume you're safe. You kind of have to keep moving constantly. Yeah. But you also need a good light source around you. Okay. Because he's dark and then you wind up, you know, he's... He kind of blends into the woods, especially at night. Yeah. So you, you, but that's the main thing. It's get well lit, so then you know where he is, and then you, you kind of have to keep tabs on him as you're running away. <laughs> so you just right. Have to, okay. So you like have to like basically, uh, uh, like if you could slip like a phone on him, you could do like yeah. a find my phone and just huh? always be aware. Oh, Jason's about a hundred feet away. Yeah, spider oh, tracer. You oh, yeah, he's about 50 feet away. He's pretty slow. <laughs> so I go to the next light source. <laughs> Finish reading my book. Oh, he's here now. Gotta gotta go. You know, not necessarily. Then it turns into aliens where they're like, <laughs> 10, 20 meters, where are they? And then all of a sudden they appear overhead. You wouldn't oh. expect them to be there. You just knew they were closing in. Yeah. So you, I, you have to visually see. Oh, like, you, okay, once eyes you have on. Bit, you have to keep a lit perimeter. Okay. <laughs> a good wide lit perimeter. I don't know. I don't know if it's a series of like if you just carry a real good lantern. Yeah. The throw like they're they're making some great lighting products nowadays <laughs> that really throw a good light radius around you. And then you can see him coming. Okay. That's the trick. You have to know where he is. Okay. As long as you got eyes on on Jason, you're fine. Yeah. He's okay. slow moving and if you try anytime you rest, you're that's that's it. Yeah. You're better off just walking. He's not that fast. <laughs> Would you ever try to to talk to him, or do you think that you, that poor Jason, you can't you can't reason with him? I don't. I think I'd be so struck by terror. Yeah, you really, you know, it's are you trying to like similar to, to trying to talk down like a shark? Right. That's attack. It's attacking off of instinct. Right. Because it needs something to eat. Right. I, and I know it's slightly different because he is a human and can ostensibly understand the English language. 
Yeah. But also... But he's not chatty. If you're the target, <laughs> and that's all he's... Like, anything you say to try to stop him is going to feel like self-preservation, right? Right. Like, oh, yeah, I bet those counselors who let me drown would have said the same thing if I had attacked them. Right. He's, on. He's like, got a reason to be against counselors. So yeah. he probably, if he senses counseling, he'll be like, you asshole. It's punishment. They're being punished. Yeah. So... Of course, they're gonna to try to bargain their way out of out of punishment, but still getting punished. Yeah, uh, w- if if it came up for sale and it was beautiful and dirt cheap, would you get a house at Camp Crystal Lake? No, <laughs> no, I never would. No, my goodness. We're gonna move on to our how obsessed are you questions. Do you think about Freddy versus Jason when it's not during Halloween spooky time? Does that movie just kind of flip through your mind? I do think about it every once in a while, especially when anything horror is mentioned at all. Yeah. I think about it because it's it's probably my favorite horror movie. Yeah. And and I know it's I know it's not as popular with everybody else as it is with me, but I I feel like my reason for liking it is really sound. Yeah. So I'm always happy to have the conversation and say, you know what I think is a great horror movie? And then whether you agree or disagree, we can at least have a conversation about yeah. it. Yeah. See, and you enjoy because there are moments that are definitely supposed to be comic, right? I mean, yes. and, and you enjoy that part of it too, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I it, Again, it's like, a, it's like a buffet of the things that you like from each franchise. Yeah. And then mix them together. So you get a little bit of greatest hits. Yeah. And then... And then off they go for for thirty plus minutes. Yeah, <laughs> for pro wrestling, Mortal Kombat, yeah. horror showdown. Would you watch an adaptation of Freddy vs. Jason that was a live stage musical? Sure, <laughs> I would like to see that. I'm very interested. How the, I wonder if anybody's tried it before. Uh, you know, I almost Googled it uh, when I was writing up these questions. Yeah, but uh, I didn't have time. But it, it seems very likely. <laughs> Better I, yeah. to leave it a mystery. Well, there's a part of me also that was like. You know, I might ask how this question. He'll just go like, yeah, I did one uh, back here at this. <laughs> oh, I'm producing it. You haven't seen it? <laughs> it's going to be a big hit. <laughs> if you got stuck on an elevator, how long would it take uh, before Freddy versus Jason came up in conversation? Depends on the context. Yeah. It could be very quick. <laughs> right, because if it's a horror movie, that's that's your go-to yeah. uh, uh, chatting thing. If it's Halloween, you know, if it's Halloween and we're stuck in the elevator yeah. and we need to talk, it probably is going to yeah. come up. And I know quickly. I asked you specifically for a spooky thing, so I know this might not be like in your top ten yeah. most things that you're most obsessed about. Sure. But if it if somebody else didn't bring up horror and there was just like awkward conversation and you were you were dredging your mind for like what can we talk about? What can we talk about to get a conversation going? Is this one of the topics that you would go to, or would it have to be? During Halloween, I think the time would have to be right. I have a okay. bunch of other things that I <laughs> would and probably could bring up first that I'm more obsessed with. Yes, because it's in your nature, and you've been doing a podcast about exactly yeah. this podcast is preparing you for being stuck in an elevator. <laughs> it's all built to this. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut the little phone cord so that we can't call for help. I just want to talk. I got 250 episodes to work through with you, pal. <laughs> like a bone saw in the Spider Man movie. Like, yeah. I got you. For for three hours. Lublin's <laughs> <laughs> ready. I was, and I was an extra uh, when those scenes were being filmed. I was in the crowd. The, I think All you told me this before. Scenes. The yeah. bone saw. Oh my yeah. God. That's amazing. Toby McGuire got out of mic. He's like, thanks for making this with us. Thanks for being here. We're really excited. We think the movie's going to be great. He was right. He was great. That yeah. movie's so great. He was right. And that scene is amazing. It's very, very good. 
The Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah. Uh, R.I.P. I mean, yeah. Bonesaw. <laughs> uh, I like asking people about merch because that's one of the ways I express my obsessions. Mm-hmm. Would you eat Freddy versus Jason breakfast cereal? Yes. <laughs> I, so I'm doing this. I've been I've been on this diet for like the last three months or so. Okay. And it's it's called the slow carb diet. This is not. I'm not being paid to say this. I wish I was. Slow carb. So the way it works is for six days a week. No carbs, no sugar, no dairy. Okay. What so can no you fruit, eat? no anything. It's like you eat like chicken, fish, beef. Okay. Um, but you can eat a little bit of pork, a lot of vegetables, beans okay. for fiber. And then on the seventh day, that's your cheat day. Okay. So all the other days, the things you're eating are supposed to help speed up your metabolism. Okay. Then one day a week, you're supposed to spike your system so that it doesn't get used to this new way of eating. Okay. So on that day, you eat as much as you want of whatever you want. Okay, just so, crazy town. And I always kick it off with a bowl of cereal. I have so far. <laughs> and I'll go on Friday. I'm mean, gonna. It's a Thursday we're recording this. I'll probably go tomorrow and just look to find the the least healthy cereal cereal <laughs> possible. Right now, it's the Lucky Charms with Frosted Flakes. Oh my god! Oh, it's so good. That's what you need to eat to stay awake uh, to fight Freddy. That's it. Yeah. My god, <laughs> Lucky Charms Frosted Flakes. Yeah. Are the marshmallows frosted too? No, no, it's the same. It's instead of the little shapes that are normally the in marbits, it. The marbits, yeah. It's, yeah. Well, no, the marbits are in there. Okay. And then it's then normally you have like the little oat uh, pieces. Yeah. But instead of that, it's, it's frosted, frosted flakes. But like a thicker flake. A okay. A thicker frosted flake. It's spectacular. In, uh, frosted flakes, is that is that Tony the Tiger? It is, but these are, they're just, uh, they are frosted flakes, but they're okay. not frosted flakes, if that makes sense. They're not Kellogg's oh. frosted flakes. Oh, they're they are They're flakes frosted. that are frosted. Okay. So, like, a, a Kellogg's Frosted Flake is much thinner. Like, cor- they're basically, those are okay. basically cornflakes with frosting on them. Okay. These are more, like, um, remember, there was, there's Raisin Bran, then there was a competitor that was, like, crispy wheat and raisins. Oh, uh, yeah. There was a yeah. thicker, uh, much thicker uh, flake, the, the, the cereal flakes. Okay. It's that thickness, but, but it's a frosted, frosted corn. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's great. That's amazing. I but so if, love cereals in Halloween time because they're so layered with yeah. absurdity. Freddy vs. Jason for sure would be sugar cereals with marshmallow gloves and hatchets. <laughs> and I would be here for it. I wish – sometimes I wish they had – remember the Nintendo cereal system? No. There was a Nintendo cereal that was – I think there was a Super Mario and a Donkey Kong or a Super Mario and a Duck Hunt. Okay. But it was the Duck box, Hunt the cereal? Duck Hunt the cereal. I, th- I think it was King Kong. Uh, Donkey Kong, not King Kong. But there were two bags of cereal in it. So you had the Mario cereal and the Donkey Kong cereal. Oh. And you could mix them or you could have them separate. And I never had it as a kid because we weren't allowed to have sugar cereal. Yeah. But I had a friend who had it and I had it. So I got to eat it once and it was great. Oh, that would be so good if there was a Freddy bag and a Jason bag and then there could be a commercial where they slice open each other's bags. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Oh, I would be here for it. All right. So that's a big yes on that Yes. If a friend on social media was just constantly complaining about Freddy versus Jason and not in like a fun ribbing it because it's meant to be over the top on some level, but just constantly complaining. Would you mute that friend? Yes. If that's all they were doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not interested in that. Right. Yeah. So is is that coming from a just a healthy, like, yeah, no, I don't need to hear that? Uh, or is it that this movie, that you like this movie enough that you just don't need that in your life? There is a saying that my friend Danielle Radford uses that that is, uh, don't yuck my yum. Yeah. I don't want to yuck anybody's yum. Okay. And I definitely do that sometimes. There are things where I don't like them, 
Yeah. And I have to sort of say, like, I'm giving you my opinion. I don't want to yuck your yum. Uh, if you enjoy it, I'm very glad you do. I'm not trying to convince you of anything. But there are people who get out there and they just. Yeah. They they want they just want to say something negative. And even in a compliment, they're saying something negative. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is good. Unlike the last five things you did. Those weren't as good. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a. Just say one or the other. The, yeah, that is a compliment that I, I don't, I'm, don't know if you get this, but sometimes people do they like. You're really good and only getting better, which makes me feel like yeah. you were a piece of shit two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It never uh, – you really like – just read your tweets two or three times and yeah. think about it before you send them yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it, yeah, I would just mute that. Partially it's – Partially, it's because I don't need to hear somebody crapping all over something I like if that's all they're doing. Yeah. And and also, I think that's tied into it's healthier for me. I don't need to see stuff yeah. that cool. is not important to my life and is just upsetting. Yeah. I think that's very healthy. If the only way you could ever watch uh, the movie Freddy vs. Jason again is stealing a physical copy from Walmart, would you do it? No, I, can't. I won't steal. I would feel so guilty. <laughs> I When I was a kid, I had... My favorite stuffed animal that I still—it's still back in Philly, and I think about bringing it out here, but I haven't yet because I don't—I don't want him to fall apart. Yeah, it's a beanbag turtle that Aww. I named Turtle. It's adorable, fuzzy green <laughs> paws and head Aww. and tail, and then a multicolored like patchwork um, shell. And I—I I, I, from the moment I saw it, we got it at like a flea market okay. in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I loved it so much from the moment – like it was like this is my best friend, <laughs> my best stuff friend for years and years and years. But the, that first night, I had nightmares of a child who had mistakenly dropped him in a river and oh. gone away. And I, I felt so much guilt that that it was somebody else's – that like this – maybe this was somebody else's best friend and now he's mine. And I eventually got past it. But yeah. That was my first thought. And th- and that was something that I bought that probably like some kid had didn't want anymore. Yeah. So imagine me trying to steal something from a store. The guilt with that. It's like the opposite of like a Toy Story movie plots of like a kid like, <laughs> can I return your toy? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I can see how that is a great origin story for I will not steal. Yes. Well, not was never comfortable with it. Never Just comfortable. Not, uh, All right. Yeah. All right. Well, that you have a strong uh, moral core. Uh, <laughs> would you cosplay at a convention as the movie Freddy versus Jason? Not either Freddy or Jason, <laughs> but as the movie. Oh, you have know, never cosplayed at a convention before. But I would be interested if I were going to do it. That would be an interesting choice. Yeah. <laughs> Could I be the? The scene where he's where Freddy is hitting the uh, the oxygen tanks. Oh yes, the pressurized tanks and using them as torpedoes. <laughs> Jason's just kind of dodging them easily. Yeah. Like. yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, I would love to see how you would realize that while Me walking too. through the crowded halls of Dragon Con. That is pressurized not- <laughs> oxygen tanks <laughs> on your body. <laughs> <laughs> this is not that is not my creative uh, uh, strength at all. Yeah, but it would be interesting to try. Would you do if somebody made it for you? Would you do a Freddy versus Jason where you're like half Freddy on one side, Jason on the other, so that you like you turn in profile and that's all Jason. Oh, you turn the profile, neat. you're all Freddy. Oh, that's a good idea. That's way better than what I was thinking about. <laughs> I think yours is more creative. Uh, yeah, I would do that. Sure. Yeah. If a friend wanted to make me up. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would. I would try that. Sure. Yeah. You you like have lots of interesting conversations for sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if aliens were visiting Earth and you got to greet them, would you show them Freddy versus Jason to explain human culture? Oh, it actually would be wouldn't be bad for that, would it? <laughs> There's a, a lot of layers to unpack. Probably not. I probably yeah. would show them like contact. <laughs> that seems like a safe thing to show. Them. Like we've been trying to get a hold of you, and we yeah, love like, you. We're, yeah, we were really into you. We really want you to visit. Yeah. Okay. No Independence Day. Yeah. No Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It's a little bit weird. <laughs> but you'd start with something positive. Yeah. Oh, for sure. If they were like, we want to, see, we understand you have these genres. Yes. We want to see an example of horror. That's your argument for Freddy versus Jason. Is it shows you a little bit of everything that this brand of horror can be. You know, it's true. I wonder if it if it plays as well if you don't have the context of who they are. Yeah, and they haven't sat in the cultural imagination for yeah. a while. So listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to watch one of each, and then, then you watch this. It's going to be a little film festival. <laughs> you could also just show them um, Grindhouse. That's, oh. a good, that's a good genre. If, oh, they yeah. would, if they want a genre, I'd probably go, here's Grindhouse. Go Grindhouse. You're, right. you're like 12 genres yeah. uh, within three hours. Yeah. It is very funny how those names had, by by 2003, when this movie came out, and still to this day, how it had sunk into the cultural consciousness that two just kind of super basic names <laughs> can elicit horror. Like, can yeah. you imagine you just going to, like, Bruce versus Phil? And everyone's like, oh, shit, this is exactly. going to be so scary. <laughs> yeah, neither of them have names that are anything... Yeah, like they could both be accountants. Right. Yeah. Freddie and Jason. Yes. Yes. They both said no to me when I tried to get a credit card at the bank. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then Freddie did this thing where he's like, let me go check with Jason. And then yeah. Jason came in and said, has Freddie been in to oh, see you yet? God. They clearly weren't communicating. They're both lying. <laughs> I'm going to go to a different bank. I'm going to go to Pinhead's bank. It's way better. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely go to Pinhead banking. Uh, if you were about to watch Freddie versus Jason, but a bear stole the remote. Would you try to get it back from the bear? No. <laughs> that bear can watch whatever it wants. Okay. I'm actually kind of curious. If right. a bear got a remote, yeah. what would it turn on? Out The outdoor network? <laughs> I suppose so. What if the bear, how would you feel if the bear stole the remote, changed the channel, and then after a second, changed it back to Freddy versus Jason, and you're just sitting there with a bear watching Freddy versus Jason? That would be the greatest story <laughs> of my life. And you, you just chill and watch the movie, right? Yeah, and we both look at each other and give each other like a nod. <laughs> yeah, yep, let's was, watch it. Or a shrug, like, we might as well. Yeah, yeah, right. Stay on the ride. <laughs> I, I do feel like a, like a bear, the things that would like, like to watch are other bears sleeping. Yeah. Or fish. <laughs> right, so the bear might get really excited during the end scenes at Camp Crystal Lake, yeah, right? and just sort of like pawing the at, this, at the the screen. <laughs> yeah, come up with some salmon, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, final, how obsessed are you? Question: If every time you watch Freddy versus Jason, someone somewhere felt a brief stab of pain, would you still watch it? Sure. I feel stabs of pain all the time. Who knows what they're watching? That's what it is. That's what those random pains are. Yeah. Somebody's watching. People are just really movie? into Freddy versus Jason. Oh, it's that yeah. movie specifically? Yeah. Random. I'm glad it wasn't as popular as it could have been. <laughs> oh, I'd just be in bed all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I ask everyone to make a noise to sum up their obsession. What mm. kind of noise do you have for Freddy versus Jason? 
<laughs> is that the various uh, kills? Yeah, I don't know if it, I don't know if the if the windscreen hit <laughs> against the mic there. But that was I made a slashing motion with my hands yeah. to denote a claw. Well, I could have done claw or a machete. Yeah, but they make the same splatter. Yeah, that wet thud of of uh, of knife and flesh. Then the old knife and flesh yes. sound, chopping cabbage. <laughs> The great Dana Carvey song. That's right. <laughs> Chopping broccoli. I know. I know. Don't at me. Uh, <laughs> Stay off the internet, everybody. Except for listening to this podcast. Besides that. Yeah. Turn it off. Shut it down. Uh, I ask everyone to rate their obsession. So on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest, 1 being the lowest, where would you rate your kind of Halloween spooky time level of obsession with Freddy versus Jason? I'd say like a 5. A 5. It's not okay. a strong, but it is the... When you mentioned it, it was the first thing I thought of right away. Yeah. I was like, this is something I can talk about because I do love the movie. Yeah. And I don't think about it until it's this time of year. But I also don't revisit it regularly. Yeah. But maybe I should. It so, was it was harder to watch. It was so violent. Yeah. And What's that, happened to me? That's just getting older or watching it without a, a group so it's not as much of that sort of communal catharsis maybe i think maybe i was watching more horror films at the time yeah so you get a little desensitized because yeah these kind of slashers you know i when i've interviewed people about them before it's like that's part of the game you do get a little desensitized because it's it's a part of it is the thrill of watching how this scene is constructed yeah where a teen is hunted and murdered yes and if you watch them from that perspective that's real different than oh i'm i'm really seeing them as characters well and from the get-go that first like jerk teenager who gets killed the stabbing is bad. When he folds the bed in half and and the guy is is like head between his feet, that was the moment where I was like, "Boo!" Yeah, it's it's literally very unnecessary. It's like, yeah. Jason, do you do you you know he was already dead, right? I mean, now you're just making a tableau, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, what's the point here? Yeah, don't, you don't want the other ones to run away. It's easier if they like are curious. Then you can kill them. Yeah, and you can't even be like, "Oh, I, he could have just folded the bed and went." Oh, it's a freak accident. But then the bed also stabbed him in the back. Yeah. What kind of bed was that, too? It looked like a regular bed until he folded it in half. I, maybe Jason's just that strong. Okay, I'm sure he is. Any bed is a fold-away bed when you're Jason. <laughs> you can have so many guests. Yes. Uh, I did want to ask you one other question about the, the overall movie. Uh, yeah. And, and then we'll begin our, the wrap-up procedure of Obsessed. Um, I hadn't quite realized that this was, in some ways, their last hurrah, right? It was the last one with... Uh, Robert England, and then they've both had one other reboot attempt mm-hmm. since then, Freddie and Jason. Mm-hmm. But they are currently much like their actual characters, creatures. They're they're in a point of slumber. Yes. Do you think they are going to return again, or do you think they are a product of the eighties? Because, like, honestly, they're born of the eighties. They continued into the nineties. This is two thousand three. But they're, I think all of their sort of trajectory was from this very specific kind of slasher horror movie of the 80s. That's a good question because we're, we're in this odd time where there's torture porn. Yeah. Which neither of these really fall into. And then there's the more like the goat, like the nun, the Babadook. Yeah. Uh, these are... The metaphor. Like, like yeah. yeah, they're... They're, they're modern... Sort of horror. I I do think it will cycle around. Yeah, and maybe not new films, but maybe the old films will become will have like a moment again. Yeah, kind of hard to tell. That is, it does feel like we're in a different. I mean, next year is is 
I think the 40th anniversary of Friday the 13th. I think that first film Was came 80. out in 1980. Wow. Yeah. And that's that will raise it in people's consciousness. Right. I do think like Twin Peaks came back out. Yeah. I don't know to what extent it sparked the old series. Yeah. I have not seen it yet. I, I was disappointed enough with the ending of the original Twin Peaks <laughs> not to like. I like it as it is as a piece of, of culture. Yeah. Uh, warts and all. Yeah. So I haven't felt I didn't feel the need to go back because I in my brain and I know you've seen it. Yeah. And you are a fan of Twin Peaks. Big fan. Yeah. I, I my trepidation with it was if there's one person who would never wrap up a single loose end on anything in his entire life, it's David Lynch. <laughs> so I feel like it just takes you further into the rabbit hole rather than going back and and maybe clearing up some things that were a little murkier from. Yeah. From the end of the original series. So. I, I, I don't know that we need it again. I yeah. think it can come back as a memory of like, hey, these films were popular for a while. It's just that we're still too close yeah. to when they came out. That's And I think that's why maybe the reboots weren't as as successful as they could have been. Right. Because you're just trying to recapture lightning in a bottle that in a time where where you can just go watch the original. There's like what here is – what is this adding – for a new generation that right. they wouldn't get by just going b- back and watching the original. Right, because a lot of things that come back, you know, and obviously people debate it, but like the whether the sequel, the Star Wars sequels are good, but mm-hmm. they they are explicitly generational. They are explicitly about the older heroes passing things on. So like they have that on their mind, right? Yes. And, uh, you know, without getting too deep into it, like twin the third season of Twin Peaks has a bunch of ideas about whether or not you can go home. That is very obviously actively a theme. So those are like things. There are a lot of things that I wrestle with. Why are we back? Right. And that's really interesting to think of like, since Freddie, both Freddie and Jason have the, we can't die. We're always going to come back. Yeah. How would you make modern movies that wrestle with that idea of, should we come back? <laughs> <laughs> and they're still in the in popular culture they're all in some ways. Super alive. I was shocked to see I think it was two thousand nine and two thousand ten that was their both which is now getting to be like close to a decade, right? Yeah. Uh, or a decade for one of them. So yeah, very interesting to see if they will rise again. Yes, we'll see. Because of the way we're we're consuming media changes, it's gonna depend on how it's made available to everybody. Yeah. How how easy it is to get your hands on it. Here's where I think it all hinges on, in my opinion. Will the kids of Stranger Things become fans of Freddy and Jason? Oh, that's true. Because then that will explode it culturally. Oh, that's that is definitely true. What year we we were just in 1984, right? Yeah. So that would have been the first Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Okay. So by the next season of Stranger Things, they might be pretty into slasher movies. It could certainly. I would. It would bear mentioning. Yeah. uh, They're getting old enough. If it had been Halloween in season three, I think you, for sure you would have had a Freddy. Oh, yeah. Because he would have been a popular Halloween character yeah, yeah. at that time. All right. There, we, we cracked it. The Stranger Things kids. Hey, that was all you. <laughs> I just agreed. <laughs> uh, all right. It's uh, plug-in time. So why don't you tell people where they can find you on social media and uh, all your podcasts and stuff? Sure. You can find me everywhere on the social medias by looking for Hal Lublin, H-A-L-L-U-B-L-I-N. And my podcasts currently are We Got This with Mark and Hal, uh, Tights and Fights, the wrestling podcast. Nice. Those are both on the Maximum Fun Network. I also co-host Good Morning Night Vale, the Welcome to Night Vale recap show. We are re-listening. Right now we are in the late 40s to early 50s as of this uh, wow. as of this release. And uh, Welcome to Night Vale was recently in an episode of that. And Thrilling Adventure Hour is back. If you didn't know, 
Uh, they're putting out uh, episodes, I think, two a month. One is an uh, one is a Treasury Archive show, and one the, from the vault never heard before, and then brand new studio recordings. So cool! So you're, you check you're, all those out. You're getting together and recording brand new stories. Yeah, in in, in the studio. In a, yeah, in a studio as opposed to on stage, which is uh, oddly different, but it's so nice to be together with everybody. Yeah, and uh, and just get to work and watch them work. It's a pleasure. That's awesome. All right, so go find Hal and all those podcasts. Here are some quick plugs, and then we'll do our final questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host. That is called Force Center. For info on all my upcoming shows in comedy albums and stuff, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com, and you can support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. All right, final questions are Halloween-themed. If you had to be a ghost and haunt a place, where would you want to haunt? Disneyland. <laughs> have you uh, have you already had this uh, this discussion on? We got this. <laughs> no, but when you started it, I thought like, where's a place where there are a lot of people that yeah. I wouldn't mind wandering around and getting to see the like I get to hang out backstage, right. see how everything works. Yeah, Disneyland for sure. If you were the kind of ghost where like you were trying to work through something. Mm-hmm. What do you think we would be trying to work through at Disneyland? Because it's just a super fun place to be. Oh, that is a good question. I would wait, boy, what, what? Oh, do I have to have unfinished business? No. Yeah, I never got to ride every single ride there. Because <laughs> there are some I haven't been on yet. Oh, really? It's a okay. short checklist, but. Oh, yeah, I like this. That's a fun story of like a, a ghost like, look, why would I want to move on? Yeah. I'm at Disneyland. But also, I never overcame my fear and went on the Incredicoaster. That's, that's it. Because uh-huh. I don't like loops. Really? You haven't been on the Incredic Coaster? Yeah, nor was I on California Screaming. I have not been on any version of that roller coaster. I, I forgot that's what it was called. I know it's I know it's science. I, I know that there are laws of physics that keep me in place yeah. when, when we're going through a loop, but I do not want to be upside down on something going that fast. I think that is perfectly rational. Thank you. <laughs> I don't want to be upside down on a fast thing. Thank you. No one can blame you for that. Would you rather be... A vampire, a zombie, or a werewolf? Vampire. <laughs> I love it when people answer questions like the answer is really obvious. That's uh, so well. No, I, I have a, I have a, uh, a very like clear answer right away that comes to mind. Okay. Because I have more. Yes, I can't go around during the day. That part sucks. Yeah. You can still wear stuff. Yeah. You can dress up like you're skiing. Just put a goggles <laughs> and cover yourself up. Yeah. He's got to be some sort of vampire sunscreen at some point, yeah, right? They figured I, you know, out a yeah. blade. Yeah. So is that is it more that you're excited about being a vampire, or is it that you're not excited about being a uh, a zombie or a werewolf? I think you have a more conscious control over your life as yeah. a as a vampire. Mummies uh, or zombies zombies are kind of mindless wandering yeah. around, and werewolves you desperately don't want to turn into a werewolf, right? And then people will hunt and try to kill you. Vampire, you could like kind of low-key make it through thousands of years yeah without incident if you could figure out like i don't know i'll I'll go to the sick or something like i'll figure out a way to there must be a way to drain blood that doesn't involve right like victim like oh the recently deceased i'll take their blood or whatever oh yeah so there's got to be a way to to survive like that or like like guess you know i'll prey on criminals or you know you become a hero vampire yeah so oh. there are a lot of ways to to play that. Yeah. If you were a vampire, yeah. Would you go to Disneyland at night? Sure. Is a vampire. Yeah. And just ride all the rides. Sure. 
Of course I would. Yeah. If you were already dead, mm-hmm. would you go on the Incredicoaster as a vampire? Yes. Because there, then you're like, it's really hard to kill you. It's not like like stakes go through your heart while you're on the loop. <laughs> or they're like, here's a bunch of garlic. We want it to smell like garlic. There's a lot of garlic out in California. Yeah, you just wouldn't go on the loose, flying, sharpened wood ride if you're a vampire. <laughs> that's right. But then again, you shouldn't go on that if you're human. That's right. That's that's That was a bad idea. They shut that down very quickly. <laughs> I liked it with uh, like the exception of sunlight, almost everything, like vampire. Oh, yeah, being stabbed in the heart with a wooden stake, uh, beheaded. Like, oh, that, those things kill vampires. Like, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they kill us all. They sure do. <laughs> vampires, so like us. They're, we're all just vampires, really. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a good a good note to head into our final question. Uh, you've been asked this before. What is happiness? Uh, a life without judgment of yourself or others. That is a great answer. Thank you so much for doing the podcast, Hal. My pleasure, anytime. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Well, let me try a couple. <laughs> now it's starting to get the Donald Duck. <laughs> There you go. (laughs) That's it.